Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Thoughtful Thursdays podcast. Before I get going, I want to tell you that we are back up and running in my home. My small little one-bedroom apartment has now gone internet, so I'll be able to start doing a lot more work on the podcast. I'll be recording a bit more often. I am coming out of my Bible study and Seeking God time, but let's not forget that Seeking God has to be a daily event of regular occurrence. And so, without further ado, we are going on to get to the main meat of today's episode, and that is Spiritual Warfare's Forgotten Side. I'm also going to be trying a new technique where I'm going to be reading what I've written for the blog, so let's see how it works. I mean this with the deepest respect, but I don't care much about your politics. I care about your morals and your soul's alignment. Spiritual warfare is a war for the hearts and minds of people. This means anything that will impact your life and how you live it, such as the way you think and the political thoughts you have, are ultimately lumped into the category of spiritual warfare. Nothing is more important in this war than to win and hold territory, meaning it is a matter of impacting people and bringing them to God through the revelation of Jesus Christ. This revelation shows the depravity of human nature and the many ways beyond rebellion against God. The only way to escape is to have your own human nature crucified with Christ when we choose to actively fight against our nature to the point where it has been rendered effectively dead. Once we accept once we accept the calling of repentance and the title of warrior, we are to renew our souls in the presence of God through reading his word and fellowship with other believers in Jesus Christ. This fellowship is for the purpose of being encouraged to keep fighting our stuff against our sinful nature and to be instructed in the way we are to go. When we pray and open ourselves to the Holy Spirit to be active in our lives, it allows for Him to be our strength when we suffer and struggle against the temptations within our own life to turn to the ways of the flesh again, to turn to a way that we know will be our spiritual death. The Church does a good job about speaking on the topic of struggle with personal sin. That is a valid part of our life that should not be neglected. But there is a different part of our world that has also been neglected. The place of neglect is the outward battle against corruption by the culture which puts forth ideas that would be counter to the scripture. For a long time, our society had a deep respect for the word of God and believed it wholeheartedly. But in the 1800s, Charles Darwin did a voyage to the Galapagos Islands, which caused him to put forth the theory of evolution and that it is possible to bring forth life through pure chance, a theory that began to work slowly eroding our belief in God's existence. Now we are at the current age where atheism is common and many people don't have much respect for the scriptures calling them outdated. This includes our political officials who don't care much for morality but only in keeping power to the position that they have. Right now, the family is the biggest principle being attacked. God founded our society on the principle of the nuclear family, a man and wife care for children together and working to provide for them. I intend to go more in depth with this through a series on the on this subject with my pastor and his wife. We're going to be talking about the nuclear family, how it is. We're going to be talking about things such as Christian manhood, womanhood, and all those various different relations. And part of it, we're going to be calling the series A Fight for Family. But right now, that's not our focus today. That series is going to be coming along the pipe. We just need to work on all of our scheduling and making sure that we're able to get things done without too much time spent for both of us. You know what I mean. Everyone has a busy schedule, and we're trying to make sure we can get all that done within that schedule. 
Now, returning back to what we were talking about, it's that there's an active spiritual warfare in politics, and demons are having a successful time influencing people because we don't see them acting plainly. It's not so much that demons are making themselves visible, but more so they are impacting people. Sorry, I'm getting a little off script here, but what I'm talking about is Congress members don't go around saying they're supporting an idea because it comes from a demon who promises them power. Instead, what happens is that they believe they're doing is good and that this is their own idea. What has happened in this scenario is that a demon has used the simple nature of mankind against them and played on certain human desires so that the ideas sound like something good. Essentially, what you want, the demon makes you want more and gives you excuses and ways of justifying it to make it seem good. The hot-button topic that I'm going to use right now is abortion because of recent events in politics. Oh, and by the way, today's May 14th, so you know what's going on if you want to do a little historical digging around this time period. For those of you listening to this after the podcast has been dropped, you know what I mean. But anyways, returning back to the script of what I've got to say, it's that, morally speaking, killing an innocent life is wrong. And the most innocent of lives is the unborn child a woman carries within her. People justify abortion, saying it goes against the fantasy force to carry a child to term or they don't want it. One of the more recent excuses I've heard is that it is one moment I had a little mistake with my keypad here. Okay, back to script. One of the most recent justifications I've heard is from the U.S. Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen. She claimed it would be economically bad and that would keep women in abject poverty because they couldn't go into the workforce. Sorry if I'm sorry my speech a bit. I'm a little bit of a dry throat. But anyways, she was saying that it would be better for the economy if women could have abortions. Saying that because of everything that's going on and how they're not able to work or, or have lower paying jobs, it causes there to be an economic downplay. Now, there's another factor to this. First off, let's say we should never trade our morals for the sake of economic gain. That's not something in the script or rather taking part of the blog that I'm reading to you guys. But rather, there is a need for a moral standing. We need to stand the morals of the scripture. Sorry, getting off script again, but this is important stuff to remember. But the factor that I want to remind us of, which I roughly talked about in my blog post, our dear mothers, I'll have to link to that at the I'll have to put a link to that blog post. But it's the fact that the father most of the times has run off or dumped the woman. Going to script, I say well, going to the blog, I say the factor that I'm talking about is the father, who more often than not just kept the woman around so that he could have sex with her. This man didn't want anything to do with the responsibility of raising a child, and so he dumps the woman, leaving her desperate and alone while the child grows inside of her, reminding her that she is going to soon have more responsibilities. A responsibility that she did not necessarily want, did not really seriously consider as a result of her actions, but she doesn't want to have it. What she wants to do is escape it with just the same ease as the, father, as the child's father can. On a strict biological sense, it's easier for the guy because they just get the woman pregnant, whereas the woman has to carry the child for 
nine months, 40 weeks, depending on how you count. And so from this point, she's stuck with the child or the man gets off scot-free. The abortion makes it possible for her to get off seemingly scot-free. It doesn't help if you listen to my podcast episode, The Battlefield for Abortion. I speak about how there is a huge impact on the woman's body and it goes through the same trauma recovery that a woman who suffered a miscarriage goes through. Now, I'm getting back to, I'm getting a little bit more off script, but that's just because of that's how the Holy Spirit leads. As we talk about things, he brings back things that are important to know and carry over. Uh, cross-reference, that's the phrase. And he's able to cross-reference between things. Now, going back to what I was trying to say in the blog post, things that I didn't say while writing it, is that both people want to escape their consequences. Which takes us back to what we're talking about in the beginning of this post. Well, I'm reading from my blog, but what we talked about from the beginning is human nature wants to escape the consequences of our sinful actions. And so, the demons in spiritual warfare will use our own sinful desires to bring us away from God and our personal choices and the way our society leans, which will be done by making things that are horrible seem less horrible. They'll even give state benefits, justifying the actions that are being taken. And so, I'm coming to the end of my blog post, and I talk about, and where I say I'm going to start back at, the, at um, right, I believe this is the fourth paragraph from the end, so I'm going to start from here and then finish up with some final thoughts. And this brings us back to what I said at the beginning of the post. Demons will use our own simple desires to bring us away from God in both the personal choices that we make and the way our society leans culturally. This is done by repeating an idea that our sinful nature likes and making it what everyone hears to the point that it's all to think about. Not only that, but it's easy to fall in conformity. In middle school, my church youth group did an exercise. We had to be blindfolded by following a rope path to the end of it. We were allowed to get to let go at any time and take off the blindfold if we want to. I let go of the rope, but that's when something I didn't expect to happen happened. One of the leaders came by and said, don't let go. It was in that soft, correctional type of voice that caused me to almost immediately grab back onto the rope and follow along with the others. The time limit for the exercise, because it's only be like a 5-10 to 10 minute thing, ran out and then we all met up again in the main room to talk about what was going on and what we experienced. I, along with a few others, were asked why we let, grabbed the rope again after we let go. And something that's interesting to me as I look back on this is all of us had been told to grab the rope again, whereas other people had chosen to still let go of the rope and take off their blindfolds, and that's when they explained what they saw, instead the circle of rope was in, sorry, instead the rope was in a circle. There was no end to come to, but rather it didn't have an end, it just kept going around, showing us the pointlessness of it. Now, the exercise was to show how easy it is to forget what is true, to be conformed to someone else's instructions. Again, to remain blind in the situation of our world, but at the same time, understanding when God says he can do something or something is necessary, it reveals to us how 
he's made the world, how we are to live. Now, this is also my additional points I'm making, which I didn't think to write while I was writing this, but it's that there are people who will be, uh, sorry, where was I? Ah, oh, yes. Talking about the exercise, how it shows how easy it is to conform to someone else's instruction, how easy it is to fall for things of the world. Even when you know what is right, I knew that I was allowed to let go of the rope, take off the blindfold, and look around. But I was told to grab the blindfold. Sorry, I was told to grab the rope again. And so I did, because the person was so quick to tell me as though I had done something wrong. But I knew I wasn't doing anything wrong. Which brings us up to the last point of this podcast and blog post. It's that spiritual warfare will manifest itself in society through non-stop promotion and sin and making everyone who stands against it seem like a truly horrible person. If you look on the internet, you'll see mobs will attack influential people who stand against whatever sin is being popularized in the day. If we were to travel back to 1967, 1968, if Twitter and that stuff existed, and people were speaking about flipping around, saying something like, I just had sex with several different people within one day, some conservative or, well, rather a Christian would say, are you crazy? That's horrible. Or something along the lines talking about how what they're doing was wrong. And then there would most likely be a mob of Twitter users come and attack that person saying, you can't accept that they're just loving a bunch of pe- different people. All these things exist in our society. It goes back to the point that in warfare, it comes to weakening us spiritually and mentally to the point where we wonder if we really are true or not. To the point where we wonder if we are doing the right thing. And that is why Paul in his writings to the church, to the churches, will command us to not forsake gathering together as Christians. And that's because when we gather together as Christians, it's for the sake of strengthening ourselves in the faith God has given us. To strengthen ourselves with each other. And to remind ourselves of the truth of who he is. And that's where our strength lies. Our strength lies in the continual presence of God. And in his Holy Spirit being alive inside of us. And that's something I want you guys to remember today as you listen to this. When you listen to this, I know it's going to be at the right time. Because God is going to work on you so that these messages that I put forth. That I put out in the blogs. In the, yes, put out in the blogs and the podcasts that we record here. Are for the sake of bringing strength to the church. So that they can stand firm in the evil day which is fancy Bible speak for saying, in a day when you're going to be struggling, you'll be able to stand firm. That's just how I want to finish it off by saying, in spiritual warfare, there's a side of culture trying to drive you into sin. And Christians are to stand firm on truth, and it's our conviction, standing on truth, that will cause the change. It's not going to be easy, but it's necessary to cause the change. And even if we don't change the culture, we can't at the very least stand firm knowing that we have done the good work that God has called us to do.